My name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandy Land Podcast. Today, we're talking about restaurant marketing, and I have for you Court Allum, the founder and CEO of Restaurant Marketing University, and Go Explore Local. Court, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you, and hopefully, I can get my own words out today, because apparently, it's one of those days. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks, Shandy. I'm so excited. This is, I think, my first podcast interview ever. Really? So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. This is gonna be mine fun. too. Okay. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so what you do is so important, and I think it's one of the things that you know restaurants don't necessarily, restaurateurs don't necessarily think about when they're starting out for the very first time opening a restaurant. How do they market and bring people in? you know, to, to the restaurant. There's a guy I follow on TikTok, Keith Lee. I don't know if you've heard of him, but no. he basically, restaurants who are struggling, reach out to him and he goes and he tries to figure out, is it customer service? Is it the food? Is it like, what's going on? Hmm. And so for the businesses where it's really just marketing, you know, he's got this huge following and he tries to bring people in for them when it's not the food and it's not the customer service. Super interesting. You take a different approach. Tell me about what it is that you do for restaurants and kind of how you got into it. Yeah, my backstory is I was a football coach, high school teacher for a long time. I coached football at K-State, Kansas State University back when we were pretty good 20 years ago, um, and then got into high school teaching, coached high school football for a long time, got out of that a few uh about seven years ago, eight years ago, and um, got into social media, started basically lead generation, um, as I think a lot of marketers do. I was working with chiropractors, dentists, personal trainers, all of them. Um, and one day I kind of fell in with a restaurant, this restaurant that I had to all the time. I noticed their social media was not very good. And I mentioned something to him and I said, you know, what are you doing for social media? And he said, well, I'm paying this company in Texas. I'm in Kansas City. Paying this company in Texas $1,200 a month through their social media. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. And I showed him. I pulled up the phone. They had like 50 followers on Facebook. They had zero followers on Instagram. Zero. What and Twitter. I mean, zero like followers. What? And I was like, what are you getting out of this? And he's like, well, they sent somebody up like a year ago and took some photos and they were not great photos. And I was like, okay, let's try something. And so, so they're $14,000 into this basically. I mean, just 12 months, 1200 bucks a month, right? Like that's crazy. Yeah. It was nuts. And so I said, let's try something. And um, I'd been learning basically a lead generation uh, strategy for restaurants where we offer some type of um, um, irresistible offer. And so this was a burger place. We offered a buy one, get one burger. Put it out on Facebook ads. We spent a couple hundred dollars in Facebook ads. And what it was, we used Facebook Messenger. Uh, are you familiar with Messenger bots? Sure. Yeah. So what it would do when people saw the, the ad, they would click on it and go into Messenger, give us their name, email address, phone number, and build a database. Because so many restaurants don't have databases, and we can talk about that with the pandemic <laughs> and everything. 
But um, and, and we give them a voucher inside of Messenger. And when they come in, um, they show the server their phone and Messenger and they redeem it and we track how much they sold. In uh, just a couple weeks, again, we spent about $200 on Facebook ads and we generated over $1,000 in sales. Wow. And, um, you know, that's when I realized it is way easier to get somebody to come buy a hamburger than join a gym. You know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of when I went all in on restaurants. Um, but again, my background teaching, not sales, no sales experience. I social media. I was an English teacher and a video journalism. So writing video, I'm good sales. I was like, I, I'm not a trained salesperson. So one day I got a crazy idea and I reached out to a restaurant here in town. I said, Hey, I'm starting to work with restaurants. I have a Facebook page. Could I come in and just do like a Facebook live with you? And we'll like show the food. We'll tell your story. She was like, yeah, come on in. That'd be great. Went in. It was the easiest invite ever that I got in because let me back up. I, when I was doing sales, I was trying all kinds of crazy methods, cold calls, cold emails, stop buys, spoiler alert, restaurant owners don't like being sold to, right? And um, I had, there's this one kind of strategy where you email out, there's some email blasts and say, we can run a birthday campaign because on Facebook, you can target people that have a birthday coming up in the sure. next week. And you, you know, would you like to do this? I can run a birthday campaign for you. I had an owner respond to me and say, just so you know, you're the fifth person this week to send that exact same email. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, there are thousands of other marketers just like me sending probably the same email address to the same people because we're all pulling the same email addresses online, right? And just blasting out emails. I have to do something different. So that's when I reached out, did the Facebook Live interview. She was so excited. She loved the publicity. This was pre-pandemic. And um, afterwards, we just started chit-chatting. She started asking me, what do you do with marketing? What kind of stuff do you do? Long story short, she needed a new, web she needed a new website. I hate doing websites, but at the time, I needed clients. And so um, I did a website for her. She paid me $500. I was like, wow, this is a way easier way to get clients. I don't feel gross and spammy, cold calling. And she didn't and feel sold to. Yeah, she didn't feel sold to. We became friends. It was, it was, we were friends. And um, it was a better relationship. She paid me. I was oh. like, wow this is a way easier way to get clients. And so I just started doing it. I bet I did probably 50, 75, maybe a hundred. Wow. And um, um, I started getting clients. Shockingly, you go out and you start talking to people, you're going to get clients who knew. Right. And, um, but I think of it like dating kind of, I, I use this dating analogy a lot because what I was doing most people do is they go for the marriage proposal right away. They go into the restaurant. Hey, you want to start paying me money? I can do your marketing. Nobody wants that, no, especially from a stranger. So I think of it as a dating process. What do you do when you date? You 
on, let's talk about online dating. You go on there, you kind of see who's on there, you kind of check them out, you filter by who, you know, you might want to talk to and you start reaching out to people. And what the reach out is, hey, would you want to be featured on my, I call it an Eats page. Uh, Eats page is like a foodies page. Okay. Um, and um, so that's the reach out part. You're chatting with people. Then instead of going out like on a dinner date or something, hey, how about we go get coffee? And so that is, you know, you reach out, hey, I've got this page. Would you like to be featured? And they're like, yeah, what's that like? Well, let's get on a phone call and let's chat about it. That's kind of like the first date, right? Getting to know each other, you know, and then, okay, can I come in and do a feature? We'll do that Facebook Live. Oh my gosh, that is the best experience because they're so excited, so proud to show their food. They want to show all the things they do. And you become buddies. You become friends. during. It's like a shared experience together, you know? And afterwards, they are like so grateful that you came in and do a couple other things where we run, we offer to run giveaways and send people into their restaurant, like give people offers where they come in. I mean, who does that? Right. Right. And as, as I started doing that, people were watching what I was doing and people started emulating it, which was great. But then people reached out and they said, okay. We see how you're doing this feature. We see the live, but like, what's the missing step? They said, there's a missing step. We can't figure out how to bring them on clients. And I said, well, I can, I can help with that. So I started a coaching program as a lot of us do, right? But that was my my roots is teaching and coaching. It's, it's I guess, my superpower. Yeah, so, it, got, so it came together kind of naturally. Yep. And so we just started coaching people on how to get clients and it's kind of expanded to some different things where, you know, just teaching restaurant marketing and how to get butts and seats, how to get butts and seats at restaurants. Cause that's what restaurant owners need. Right. So that's my always, quick story. It always sounds better for hotels, heads and beds, right? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> how to get heads and beds. No, that's amazing. So yep. on the, on the restaurant marketing university side, we've gotten that side of the backstory. Talk to me about go explore local. Yeah, so we were been doing these VIP clubs for several years. Everybody does these VIP clubs, right? You know, whether it's through your point of sale or, you know, some other kind of loyalty. A lot of people do VIP clubs, but they're all free. It's like, what is really a VIP experience about it? You know, because everybody can get into it. Well, about almost 12 months ago, we noticed Panera. I don't know. Have you seen Panera? They have this sip club, coffee club. Okay. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they were charging at the time $9 a month for unlimited coffee. And, and they reported at the time 750,000 members paying $9 wow. a month. I'm not good at math, but that I believe is over $6 million. Yeah. And um, for giving away coffee. And they reported more um, guest visits, frequency, and people are just going to come in and buy a coffee. They're getting bagels and all kinds of stuff, right? And the number of people now, who are winning on that side are, you know, there, there will be people who just get unlimited coffee, but largely they're going to come in and buy something else. Yeah. And coffee's cheap. It costs nothing. And the way they have it set up, there's almost no labor. It's brilliant, right? Yeah, come in, get the coffee, um, make your own coffee. Yeah. 
And it's a subscription. It's a subscription model. And especially post-pandemic, we're moving to a subscription economy. Now, we've been subscriptions forever. I mean, TV Guide, when, I, when probably we were both kids, newspaper, yeah. cable TV. I mean, those are all subscriptions. But I remember when um, Netflix, probably 10 years ago, and I was like, okay, I want to watch House of Cards. I will sign up for Netflix. This will be the only one I will pay for, right? Well, now I have, I don't know, probably eight streaming subscriptions. Yeah, at least. Yeah, and I only watch maybe one thing on some of them, but I keep paying for it. Um, And so we said, okay. I canceled one a couple weeks ago, and I was so proud of myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and sometimes it's just easier to keep it going than to cancel it you know you know yeah and there's so many subscriptions bark box for the liver um you know treats and toys do you get that guilty yep bark box uh my kids get these like um almost like science experiment kind of things in the mail L-science. in the box yep yep got those? that one yep. too mm-hmm. yep we're getting all the same mail yeah <laughs> Yeah. And so we said, okay, what if local restaurants could have their own subscription VIP club? And it's a real VIP club, like Panera's, kind of like Panera's. But, um, you know, they could have their own where customers could pay every single month to get exclusive offers and experiences. It doesn't just have to be free food, it could be experiences. Um, that people could um, get every single month. Kind of our model is that uh, the restaurant pays a one-time 197 setup fee, and that's so we set up the offers. The restaurant gets their own sales page that looks like them, branded like them, that they can put on their website, social media. People go to that page, they sign up, name, email address, phone number. If they want, then we ask them, we invite them to upgrade. And so the upgrade might be a $19. Most of ours that we have running are $19. Okay. Um, we have $29. Um, the number could be anything. Sure. And then we invite people to upgrade. And then on their phone, it's a progressive web app where on their phone, they log in and they have their account area. And inside of that is their wallet. And so if uh, if in, you know, your city, there are 10 restaurants that are part of, you know, Go Explore Local, every time they sign up at a different restaurant around town, those will all show inside of the wallet. And oh, really nice. our goal, our goal is we want to promote local restaurants, you know, locally owned restaurants. They share all the same customers. I had a restaurant tell me that the other day. It's like, if you're a burger place, there's two burger places within two miles of each other. You're probably getting the same customers back and forth. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so this is a way that people's most loyal fans can, um, you know, get new experiences, different things. Um, And so one example would be, um, like a board game place. And it doesn't just have to be restaurants, like a board game place. Let's say they have Dungeons and Dragons night. 
okay? They could um, have it on uh, app on their phone. It's basically a punch card. It's a digital punch card. When someone clicks it, uh, you can set the offers to be one time only, monthly, weekly, daily, or birthday month, okay? okay. So you can set the frequency to be whatever you want. So let's say you are a Mexican place and you want to offer one time only, you get once a month, let's say for $19, once a month, you get a free burrito, okay? Every month, a burrito meal. And then every visit, maybe you get a free queso. Sure. And once a month, you get an appetizer. Um, There's so many possibilities. So the breakdown is the restaurant, uh, one time 197 and then it's $0 a month after that for the restaurant. And they take all the revenue from the 19 or some percentage of that? or Yeah, they get 75% of the revenue recurring from the subscription. That's so awesome. customers, you know, it goes through our system and every 30 days we pay out. Okay. Wow. So... And you do all the payment processing on the subscription side and the website hosting for that piece and the wallet hosting. And they tell you the offers, you put them out there. So you're doing, I mean, you're providing quite a service. That's awesome. Yeah, we're doing all of that. And if they want some more help amplifying it, we have some services where we can do that. But yeah, it is free for the restaurant every single month. Um, They can just only can make money, basically, you know, just by selling it. So it's a passive recurring revenue model that if people have ha- had had this before the pandemic and at a time, the only way restaurants could make money was people, butts and seats, right? Well, all of a sudden you couldn't get butts and seats at restaurants. And so th- if people had this pre-pandemic, they could be getting recurring revenue every single month. Um and the possibilities, what would you do with that recurring revenue? Could you pay people more? You know, um, I had one restaurant owner tell me they're going to um, start offering benefits to employees. Awesome. You know, um, you could, you know, food costs are rising. Could it help offset those costs? Food delivery, you know, they take a big chunk. Could this help with that? I mean, we know that local restaurants right now need our help more than ever. So that is our mission and being able to help spread the word, promote, and then generate that revenue. That's super cool. That's really, that's awesome. On the topic of employee benefits, I wonder if there's a way to also like give the employees offers for when they're not working, right? Without the subscription piece. Yeah. Well, month you get a, whatever the thing may be just for working here. Yeah. Well, I know you mean more, you know, larger benefits than that, but. Anyway, just a thought. Well, yeah, two two thoughts on that. One is um, restaurants can track and give each employee, each staff member, their own QR code. And we can track how each person sold. So they're carrying around their QR code. They go to the table and say, oh, wow. hey, join our thing. That person gets credit. And then the restaurant owner gives them an Amazon gift card you Perfect. know, for whomever sells the most. I should also mention we have a friends and foodies program. And so basically it's an affiliate program. So like a food influencer that makes TikToks or Instagram reels, they could go to Shandy's Cafe 
and they could um, do a TikTok or a reel and say, hey, join Shannon for a month thing. Mm -hmm. They put their affiliate link in the video. Every time someone goes and buys from their link, they would earn 10% recurring of that. And so basically what we're trying to do is turn restaurant best customers, they're like raving fans, into salespeople, free salespeople, boots on the ground, people out there talking to their friends and family saying, you should go to Shandy's place and check it out. So that's kind of our vision is helping spread the word and turn your raving fans into salespeople. I think that's amazing. What's the reaction been? Do you get much pushback on restaurants signing up for it or is it a relatively easy sale? Uh, It is the easiest sale I've ever had. (laughs) I mean, I mean, what's the risk? Yeah. You know, no, I think it's great. That's perfect. 197. If it, you know, if you get nothing out of it, you're out 197. But after that, you can only make money, you know? And so you can do the math. Um, you can look at it and say, okay, we had 200 people paying us $19 a month. You know, I'm not good at math, 70%. <laughs> you know, but what would that be with two, just 200 people? You know, yeah, 4, how could that help? A lot. Almost. Yeah. That's great. So you have just switching gears back to the coaching piece a little bit. You've got a YouTube channel, which hopefully sometime soon I will be on. And uh, one of the latest videos that you have is around chat GPT. Everybody listening, if you haven't heard about chat GPT, it is a new AI thing where you can ask it questions. You can ask it to do things and it writes stuff like it is a human being. Tell me how you're focusing on that for restaurant marketing and why everybody should or shouldn't be using it. Well, let me ask you, have you played around with it yet? I have, yeah. What, what have you done? Oh, I've I've asked it all sorts of things. I've had it write sales emails. I've had it write LinkedIn posts. Um, <clears throat> I even, as an example for my child, not that I would ever do this, I had it write a, a college scholarship essay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not old enough to you know, be writing that yet in case anybody's listening who will be mad at me for that. Uh, but I mean, I've asked it all sorts, and it did a good job, by the way. Um, I've asked it all sorts of things. You kind of have to edit them because it has a tendency to just make up the details of the stuff in between, right? But Do you think it was good? Do you think it was good stuff? Would, do you think someone else would have been able to tell if AI and not Shandy writing it? I mean, maybe an English teacher, but not a normal, like writing human being no yeah yeah well yeah it is amazing and i do not profess to be an ai expert at all i've been hearing kind of for several years i think maybe all of us have and i've always kind of been like "Eh, i can't really write like a real person right well i think it was end of november this thing called chat gpt got released open ai is name of the company that released it and they basically opened it up as a beta and in i think one week they had a million users for context it took instagram one and a half months i know that was a few years ago but in one week they got a million users and what it is it's it's been trained this ai has been reading and studying everything on the internet and what it's able to do is when you go ask it to 
do something. So what I always think is to start wide and then get more specific because the beauty of it is it remembers what it did before or what it asked you to write before. So as an example, how you start is one thing that really helps is tell ChatGPT who you wanted to ask, you know, act like. So you say, okay, ChatGPT, you are a pizza owner, Quartz Pizzeria. It's a family-owned spot in Kansas City. You specialize in New York pizza. What that does is it kind of tells it and gives it context. context. Okay, this is yeah. who I am, right? Then you can ask it to do anything. I have a video on my YouTube channel. It's We're here beginning, almost beginning of February. Valentine's Day is coming up. Give me 10 possible Valentine's Day specials. Just names of the specials. Just the names. And it will spit out. Yep. Name. And then you say, okay, I kind of like that name. Um, what, what could be in that special? And it could give you ideas, suggestions of what could be in that special. And then you say, okay, write me some promo emails. And I want one email to go out a week before Valentine's Day, one the day before as like a last call, one the day of, and it'll just spit it out. Yeah. No, it's, it's, say, it's amazing. Yeah. And you just keep drilling down. Now write me Instagram posts. Now yep. give me hashtags. Now give me, I mean, you just drill down. And truly in less than five minutes, you can generate a ton of stuff. And there. There's lots of implications we can talk about on AI, how I think it's going to change the whole industry. There are two issues I have run into. So mm -hmm. what we do has a lot of statistics in it, right? I've I've spit a ton of statistics just at you, not today, but like there's a lot. If you ask it for anything that would require kind of evidence to back it up, sometimes the evidence is true. Sometimes the evidence it makes up. And if you ask it for citations, sometimes the citations are real and sometimes it makes it up, which is fascinating. Yeah. Like it gives you links to articles that don't exist sometimes. Oh, the, I haven't seen that. The links. The content is great. Fact check it if you are using it to write anything that has would be facts in it because it will happily lie to you. But from like a sales and a marketing and like a how should I say this type of thing, it is absolutely fascinating what a fabulous writer it is. Well, so let's talk education system and then talk sales. Um, I used to be a teacher, mm -hmm. English teacher. I would have to rethink how, I mean, teachers are going to have to rethink how they teach writing. Yeah. It can no longer be, hey, kids. Uh, go home and write this essay on your computer. Can't do that anymore. You know, they have software that you upload and it'll check for plagiarism. Yep. It'll check, you know, versus other papers written. But there's nothing that can check for this. There is you though. So 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 there's an AI checker. You can put the what what ChatGPT writes into the AI checker and it will find it. But if you put it into a second AI, like um, Jarvis or something like that, and say, rewrite this, literally all that does is like, like rewrite it. Then it comes yeah. out in the AI checker, say that it's human. Wow. Crazy town. 
it's, it's just going to get better and better. So teachers yeah. are talking like, is this the new calculator for writing? Because I have a fifth grader. He's yeah. having to learn his yeah. facts and everything. But then we always say, okay, when you get to algebra or whatever, put the calculator because it goes faster. Well, is this the new calculator where you teach kids the basics early on, but then when they get to more advanced writing, should we be encouraging people to use it? I mean, it writes better than a human can. Sure does. Sure does. You know? It's interesting that you bring that up. I, my degree is in math, right? And so my year, uh, I was the last year of high school calculus where we were not allowed to use a calculator. So I took calculus my junior year. The seniors, like my senior year, all the other seniors taking calculus, they were allowed to use a calculator. And I was so pissed. Yeah. I mean, so pissed. Right. Like, I can't even explain to you, like, I can do all this math and these people don't have to. But I mean, I can't imagine a world in which we don't have those calculators now. And who needs to know all that stuff? It doesn't matter. Right. I, I agree with you. I think you know, finding the ideas. Yeah, that's the important part. Mm -hmm. Writing the actual essay about those ideas. Is that so important? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and when it comes to um, marketing, restaurant marketing, I mean, when I sit down to write posts, you know, write emails, sometimes I'm just not in a creative mood, right? Sure. I'm just don't. But now, even if I'm like not in a creative mood, I can you know, get up chat GPT in five minutes, I can bang out something that probably would have taken me a couple of hours, a okay. lot of time, stress, energy. I mean, it's saving me so much time. There's a yeah. lot of questions and implications about the marketing industry. Are we going to be out of jobs? You know, how, I don't think so, but I think we need to think about how we can show our value as a human being and that we're not just content generators. Right. right. Yeah. No, I, you know, again, with the TikTok, I guess we'll start and end with it. I saw somebody say, you know, AI is not going to replace humans. AI is going to replace humans who aren't using AI. Mm. And I just thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. So what do you think is next for the restaurant industry, marketing or otherwise? Um, hmm. Well, for me, I believe subscription model is a really good way that restaurants can start generating revenue. Yeah. And talk about the pandemic a little bit. Um, you know, when the world shut down, um, I had people reaching out to me saying, what do we do? We're having like $100 days. Um, nobody's coming in. And the restaurants that I was working with before pandemic, where we had databases of five to 10,000 people, we could sit down, blast out and say, take and bake pasta special tonight, right? And orders would come in. There's this, you know, one restaurant um, with about 12 locations. They reached out to me and I said, do you have a database? No, this was supposed to be NCAA tournament weekend. We thought we were bulletproof. We've never had to send emails before. And so, you know, what's next? Data is king. Where are we going to, and I know this is your world. <laughs> Where's the, what are we going to do with the data? we're generating harvesting so much data 
yeah. being able to make really good data-driven decisions, whether it's when should we send out offers and emails, and we could get really specific about that. You know, you can dial in, does this person have kids? Well, on a snow day, should we send out a thing that says, hey, kids eat free day on snow day, right? Um, so data, data, data. And, you know, I truly believe subscriptions, not just Panera is going to be a year from now, there's going to be a lot more subscriptions. Yeah. I, I agree. going to do it. Everybody's going to do it. So how can people, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that you're not wrong on the subscription stuff. I think that there needs to be more of an adoption of the right set of technology. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the restaurant industry has largely lagged behind other industries and in really adopting process efficiency technologies. Um, not that I have any bias there at all, but I think that that's something that needs to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. How can people find and connect with you online? Yeah, um, number one place I'd love you to uh, join is our YouTube channel, Restaurant Marketing University. If you could just give a subscribe on that, that would be fabulous. Um, I'm, you could go to goexplorelocal.com and learn more about um, how to have your own subscription VIP club if you are a restaurant owner. And then how to get involved in our Friends and Foodies uh, program with the Restaurant Marketing University. If you are a marketer, influencer type person, want to get into that, um, it's also at goexplorelocal.com. Perfect. And that brings me to my absolute favorite torture game, which is two truths and a lie. So I am dying to find out what three facts you're going to tell me about yourself, one of which is not true. So no particular order. Don't tell me the answer. Go. Okay. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, when I used to teach, I did this uh, with my students. It was like an icebreaker game that we did a lot. And so it's been a few years. And so I was like, I need to come up with some new ones. So I've come up, <laughs> I've, I've come up with some new ones. So Okay, but will you um, tell me what your old old standards were also? Um, yeah, well, irrational fear of clowns. That's true. Um, because of a traumatic experience. That was one. I'm drawing a blank on my other. I'm going to go to my good <laughs> ones right here. If that's okay. All right. So uh, number one. Uh, in 2000, I went to New York City, saw Britney Spears at TRL. Remember TRL? Mm -hmm. Total Request Live. Yep. She uh, had just released um, Oops, I Did It Again, her second album. And she was touring around New York. Uh, she was on Saturday Night Live. And that weekend, she was on TRL. And I saw her at TRL. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I mentioned I worked at K-State. And I, was, uh, uh, I started out as an equipment manager kind of worked up to being a um, assistant coach, student assistant coach. But my first year um, that, um, I don't know if you remember this, this was in 1998. Coaches would have their headsets and then there would be cords, long cords. It wasn't cordless then. <laughs> okay. but there were long cords and there's like 10 coaches on the sideline, all with these cords. And if the coach just wandered around, the cords would all, would all knotted up. So there has to be someone standing next to the coach, kind of with the cord and like following the coach around, you know? And so my freshman year, I got to be with Coach Snyder, who's the head coach at K-State. And I followed him around um, with the cord. So there's lots of pictures of me like next to him. 
we were number one that year. And so that was really fun. And number three is that I have no sense of smell. Can't smell. Interesting. My right. mom can't either. Inherited. Um, people ask me all the time, can you taste? Um, I think so. I don't know <laughs> what you your taste is like compared to mine. But um, so I have no sense of smell. Never been able the only time maybe was I remember when my kids were little and we did some diapers and I would open up, oh, that was, I could get some of that. But yep, no sense of smell. Fascinating. Well, Court Allen, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. What a great conversation. Uh, listeners, as always, thanks for sticking around. This has been the Shandyland Podcast and we'll talk to you soon.